Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Video Games to the Medium, a W2M Net original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for more content like this. And welcome to another episode of Video Games to the Medium. Uh, I'm Mark. This is episode six, and I'm here with Jens Dietrich. Hey, Mark. It's just the Hi. two of us. Yep. We're doing this again. Or we're bringing this show back because Sean is occupied with other things. <laughs> well, in his defense, he did try and podcast with you a few times, and you had various internet and power outages that prevented it. Yeah, the first one we did, it was pretty funny because we recorded about 45 minutes of one, and then my internet died. And by the time it got back on... It was too late to, to to finish it. Yeah. You seem to have cursed me, though. <laughs> I have had two power outages and two water outages this week. Well, I've never had a water outage, so... Oh, there's some construction nearby that has apparently caused it. It was not an intentional water outage. Yeah, my, my internet is Comcast, and I've had it for 10 years, and it's mostly been okay. You know, hit or miss occasionally, but it's fine. But over the past, like, month or two, it got really terrible. Mm. To the point where, like, we couldn't game together most of the time, or it was like a hassle. And well, uh, it was unstable. We would get it's not that the speeds were bad; it's that we would get disconnected all the time. Yeah, well, my speed is also bad. Um, but uh, a guy finally came out and he looked at the line and he was like, "Wow, your line is like it." The actual cable was filled with water. Nice. And I said, like, "That's that's probably not a good sign." <laughs> so he replaced that, and ever since then, I've had no disconnection and. Decent speed. <laughs> that is good. But yes, but now uh, Sean is not available. And yep. It's been a while. So we yep. should get we should get through all the usual things that we like to do, other than the special topic. That's a Sean thing. Yep. And I don't have a top ten list and I don't I couldn't I mean I, I could make Who a top ten list, but it would be games that you don't like and vice versa. Top so. ten games that Jens won't like. Snowrunner, Remnant. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's an eight ball article for you if you can cut to. Yeah. Uh, so, as we always try to begin, uh, what we've been playing, and I know yes. most of what you've been playing, since I'm also playing it. <laughs> yes. So, in the time that you and I... So, I finally convinced Mark that he should play Code Vein with me. Uh, it was on sale. Uh, we picked up... I beat it on Xbox beforehand. We picked up two PS4 copies. Yep. And got started. And uh, now that you're about 
80% through the game, Mark, playing mostly in co-op with me. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm playing entirely co-op with you. I'm not touching that game without you. That's why you're now a little underleveled for this boss we're dealing with. Yeah, it is okay. I mean, it's anime Dark Souls or, you know, one of those. Uh, I I feel the problem. Well, one problem is since we're doing co-op and you're higher level, I am forgetting to do stuff that I should be like guarding or sucking blood. <laughs> right. I never I, I'm, I'm basically walking you through the game. So you're not really having to get good. Yeah. To be fair, I wouldn't get good anyway, because I I mean, I can see why you like the game. But I think we had a discussion about this earlier where you like playing kind of warrior classes or classes where you get up close. Yes. I like, like playing classes. Class. Yeah, yeah. I like playing classes where you kind of step back or, you know, the mage character, essentially. Um, I think that's why I like Remnant from the Ashes quite a bit, because that is all that game is, pretty much. Sure, it's a shooter. But then everybody um, else shoots you, too, so it's not like you've got any kind of advantage as a result of that ability. I mean, some yeah. enemies shoot, but there are others that just kind of run at you, which is kind of funny. That's true. There are some that charge at you. <laughs> it's like, all right, go ahead. Um, yeah. I just don't find the souls like to be as, comp- you know, a shooter... Uh, I would ex- I would hope to be a little bit more forgiving. Same reason, same thing with platformers. I'm just not as good at them, so I'm not going to be playing Hollow Knight or Dead Cells or anything like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, so, like I've I haven't played Hollow Knight, but I really like Dead Soul Dead Cells when it came out. <laughs> mm. um, like Code Vein is my speed in terms of challenge and in terms of gameplay. Well, well, you say that now, but when you pay me to do that stupid trophy with you in a few days, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. So. <laughs> There is. It's funny. While uh, Mark has been co-oping with me, I have speedrun the game twice. Now I played through it two more times, and each time I had to catch back up to Mark because it has a stupid, dumb rule that you can only play levels with your partner that you have unlocked, which makes sense the first time through. Obviously, it's not stupid in that context. But once you're on New Game Plus, I feel you should just be able to match make into anything because I ended up, uh, you know, I. I was trying to get all the endings, and I got one of them, and then I realized, oh, crap, I cannot play with Mark again until I have caught up to him. So yeah. I then like, spent about five, six hours just kind of playing through the thing again, kind of in the middle of the night, so that I could be ready. You're at 4 a.m. beating the uh, lion boss or the wolf boss. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to, the last time I played through it, I beat the game in under five hours. So it's like, once you know what you're doing and you're, you're top level, it is not really See, a problem. I mean, you can say that about, like, I could probably say that about Remnant, because I, repl- I started a- another game through that, and I was mowing down bosses. <laughs> it was real, actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I uh, can see that once you're super high level. Sure. Doesn't yeah. the game level with you, though? Uh, to a degree, I think. But, like, uh, we had a, we had a, when we played, you know, last year, we had a lot of problems on, like, the tree boss, this mm-hmm. big tree that kept barfing out enemies. And I took that guy out in like two times. Like, I died the first time just by accident, but the second time I, I crippled him and then just destroyed him instantly. And I was like, "This is refreshing and nice." If only you could join my game and help me get past that hurdle. Yeah, but it's fine. I'm playing. I am trying to play a ranged character, but that game's not well suited for it necessarily. <laughs> you don't like the bayonet? Uh, I not really. I, I was trying to find like a better bayonet, and there really isn't one. <laughs> oh, there's but a flamethrower bayonet, and you immediately said no. Yeah, because you have to like st- you have to like really lock into place, and it's like this. No, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and I tried to make my character as dumb looking as possible, which is great. You did succeed at that. Yeah, he looks like a frat guy with like the worst outfit possible, and then 
I think he has like blue roots, blue hair roots, and like red hair. It's like, yeah, this guy looks dumb. And uh, the entire story reminds me of Daybreakers. It is similar, isn't it? The post I, the last a civilization of vampires in the post-apocalypse kind of trying to put the world back together, trying to get a blood supply. But unfortunately, uh, Code Vein is missing Willem Dafoe, so that's why it's a worse property <laughs> or worse sure, experience. Sure. That, but, that also makes it worse than the Netflix uh, Dead Note Death Note movie. It's only math. Yeah, but playing the game with you is fine, and yeah, well, we're making <laughs> we're going through it. Although we got stymied on one boss a few nights ago, but we'll eventually conquer it. Marcus turned into Chad from those Saturday Night Live sketches. Well, yeah. I'll tell him. Okay, Mark. Now, if we go around this corner, there's going to be a key here, and then if you turn around and drop down here, there's a rotten missile. We'll go. Okay. Yeah, all I do is say okay, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <sighs> the other game I'm playing that you finished was uh, Go to Tsushima. Yes, I your would favorite, love to hear your, your favorite game. <laughs> oh, you make it sound like I hate it. I gave it a solid seven on my podcast, Chapter Select. Check it out. Um, I I like it, but I recognize it has a lot of problems. But I'm like near the end of Act Two. Mm-hmm. Where one of the main characters just got his head cut off. Sure. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot Spoilers. of repetition. <laughs> well, no. Beheading happens quite often in that game. Yes. So yeah. uh, I, I recognize a lot of repetition, and a lot of the uh, side activities are dumb or very shallow. I'm thinking like the fox hunt specifically. It's like, goddamn, how many of these do I have to like hunt down? It um, helps that the fox is cute. Yeah. Although I like seeing I had those w- animations. I like seeing his uh, tail flop around and him doing those two little hops when he hops away. I did have one instance where the fox like glitched through like half the ground, <laughs> so like his feet, his legs were missing. I'm like, this looks a little awkward. Uh, well, overall, though, there are not a lot of graphical glitches. Every now and then, there's a texture that doesn't load in, right? Or like a little like flash of white in the environment that shouldn't be there from from presumably. Some sort of a, a a render a render error or a missing missing texture or something, or something. But other than that, it is a pretty smooth and um, beautiful looking game. Yeah, I think it looks way better than like something like uh, Last of Us Two because it this feels like a much more real, like lived in world. I mean, that part a lot of it's probably the weather effects. The weather like, is more dramatic in this. There's a lot more movement than in Last of Us. Yeah, like the grass moving or you know you hot stuff like that. Um, but Last of Us just has less wind. It's just a less windy, a more still world. I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with the more except, minimal. Not, except, not, not every leaf of grass has to, like, or, or not every blade of grass has to uh, uh, blow dramatically in the wind at all times. That's something that Ghost of Tsushima does a little excessively. It is wonderful to look at, but I think uh, it would be kind of silly if Last of Us had the amount of movement in the environment that Ghost of Tsushima does. Yeah, except it's... it's uh, Last of Us 2 takes place in Seattle, which is not exactly a still city. <laughs> That's true. But it's just the tone that they're going for, I think. They're yeah. going for more, more like, everything feels dead kind of tone. Oh, yeah. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima is constantly blowing leaves and rose petals and little particles around you at all times. Yep. Uh, so I am playing the game differently than you uh-huh. in that I'm only using one stance, essentially. <laughs> Uh, you, does the game not continually annoy you about this? No, it it only has like once or twice. Okay, but that that is like literally it. It's like because each stance is like oh, one stance is for sword enemies, one stance is for shield enemies, one stance is for uh enemies with a staff. 
And I'm yep. like, all and right. What is for yeah, it's like for bruisers or something. It's like, all right, well, I'm just going to use one for swords because that's the one I encounter the most, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, well, but th- they don't have nearly as good a shield break or a, a guard break for the other classes. Yeah, but there are there are items or abilities that get around that, like the kunai can like destroy guards, essentially. Oh, I barely use the kunai. Oh, I use that all the time because if, you only especially get the, the, the double damage one, like it can like kill three enemies in like three hits. So sure, but you get five, and then you gotta find more. Yeah, well, no, you get three per throw. Oh, right. So you okay. get fifteen, you know, and there's one rune or one charm that gives you like two more as well. Okay. Uh, or I use like the explosion arrow to just set a bunch of guys on fire, and then I just mop them up real quick. Sure. I I am not playing the game in an honorable fashion. <laughs> well, no, and and you can't, and you shouldn't, and yeah. that is all nonsense. Yep. Uh. I'm finding combat is fine. I like some of the duels quite a bit. I just mm. I dueled this straw hat guy, uh, this demon demonic straw hat guy. That was a lot of fun last night because it took me like four or five times to like get him down because he was pretty hard. I find combat other than that pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, the duels can be enjoyable. They are a little bit different. Yeah, well, at least the first couple of times they've got a novelty to them. The same way that standoffs have a novelty the first time you encounter them. I use them quite a bit, especially that one arm. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Armor that gives you like two more. Yes. It, it, that was the only armor I was using by the end of the game because... Or I would just have to toggle into it all the time. Do yeah, I do that. Do you switch armor a lot? Do you come to like a thing where like the standoff prompt appears and you immediately have to go to the menu yep. and switch to the standoff armor? See, there's uh, the deep. The D pad does a few different options, like summon your horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you press, I think it's right on the D pad, it enters photo mode. That should just be changed to swap out your your last armor. On the yeah, clock. considering how much they made armor swapping a thing, the fact that you have to go into the menu and do it really vexes me, yeah. because they're so situational. Like right. In the middle of combat, you'd want to be like, okay, now I so I just used my standoff armor. Now I want the one that gives me more more defense, or I I'm going to go into a stealth segment now, or whatever. Yeah. So you're constantly, or if you're walking around the Mongol camp trying to find those last artifacts or scrolls. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm doing the traveler. Or I use that the traveler's armor like 99% of the time. Yes. And there's like one town where it keeps buzzing at me, but I don't know where the fuck it is, and it's bugging the hell out of me <laughs> well once i got 20 of each which was enough to satisfy the trophy okay i was I mean, happy I, got... I was just like okay i can ignore the take now. traveler's armor off except for that you still want it if you want to clear the entire fog of war yeah the game, i'm slowly it doing that it clears 20 percent more fog of war 
30. than any other or 30 once you upgrade it right yeah 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 so uh you know more than any of the other uh, leading brands so the things i like well the, the main thing i like are the side stories because there are a few characters that have like their own side story like one old guy is hunting a student one older woman is hunting the people who killed their family those are all pretty good i think i don't know how they're necessarily but i like well, i won't give it away uh the actual like side quests like the white ones are boring and generic as hell <laughs> did you know that you should not trust bandits bandits can't be trusted mark yeah uh the game... oh gone <laughs> oh i was gonna say there's just every other side mission you know that is not like a character quest or obviously not mystic quest but most of the regular side missions revolve around this person trusted some bandits and then the bandits murdered their family and now they're sad and or have committed suicide. Yep. There was one that was pretty funny about some woman who did that and I guess she killed herself and I was just kind of laughing. Well, she was in love with a bandit and the bandit murdered her family. As opposed to the guy who paid some bandits to get his family off the island and then the bandits murdered his family. Or, you know. I'm, sen- I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> there, there are a lot of these. Uh, uh, or, or it's, you know, there are, you know, wraiths. Or demonic spirits, yeah, de- yeah, demons, spirits yeah. in the forest, and Genesis is like, it's probably bandits. And then you go, and it's bandits. Yeah. So it's he, almost he, always bandits. That's the Occam's razor of this game. He is the Velma of uh, the, the, the samurai Scooby-Doo. <laughs> right. Uh, I was going to say, though, what do you think about the ga- the sizes of the landmasses? Because I'm only on the second one. I'm going to approach the third one soon. Like, do you think it's smaller than the second one. It's about as big as the first area. Well, do you think it's too big? Like, the game itself is too big? Or just right? Or too small? Or I mean, for an open-world game, it's pretty much what I would expect nowadays. Because I was thinking I... about... You and I have talked about the game a little, about how it's basically the Assassin's Creed samurai game that people always wanted. Yep. Um, I was thinking about that earlier today, because like Odyssey and Origins are so bloated that... They're like 60 hours or longer? longer mm-hmm. um like i think it's uh, i think it's origins the last one has like 32 different map squares and each of those would probably be like one island like worth of content and or maybe maybe two let's just say two but th- divide you know divide 32 by two and that's 16 like could, could you imagine if this game was 16 times as big jesus christ no i think it's about it's maybe a little bit too long but I mean, I'd rather it be a little bit too long than it being way too short. But it's not got, it doesn't get to the point where it's egregiously overlong or anything. 40 hours to me is a fair size for an open world game. I think it's very repetitive. That's kind of about it. And there are there are some side stuff I like doing. Like I like the uh, not tombs because that's a, that's Assassin's Creed or Tomb Raider, but the uh, Mystic quests. Well, those. But I, no, I was going to say the uh, not charms, but the things you get charms from shrines. Shrines. Thank you. Yeah, the little traversal puzzles like you would yeah. see in the Ubisoft game. That, I mean, that really reminds me of like, Assassin's Creed. Yep. You know, Climb like, a mountain, get a charm. Yeah. You can get like a grappling hook, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> or the thing that made me really think about it was the poison darts and the hallucination darts. I'm like... Yes, the rage darts. Like, <laughs> yep. That's very Assassin's Creed. There's I mean, a lot of that. This uh, game is like a weird mix of like Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and like Syndicate, I think. Yeah, here's my, my problem. I... Don't think the story is particularly interesting. I don't think the moral conundrum at the center of the story is particularly interesting. No. 
Uh, it does lead. I think the ending is good, but I won't spoil that for you. But it does come to kind of a nice head. It's the one thing that feels genuinely earned because the entire game is building up to it, which is kind of your relationship with your uncle, uh, Lord Shihiro. Well, it's it's funny because the past. I mean, this is Sucker Punch, and they made infamous games. Those games were all about the moral choices or like how you play the game. You know, you get dark powers if you're evil, or light powers if you're good. Yeah, here you don't really have a choice, but also you're not really doing anything that's wrong. Anybody in this game who lectures you for being dishonorable is usually an older mentor character who is stuck in, you know, yeah. past ways. You know, like your uncle or like uh, Ishikawa. Yeah. Uh, they, they're all um, they're all seen as... Uh, I feel like they come across as rather quaint. Yeah. And, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean... You know, does this have to turn deadly or anything between between you over the, over something as silly as as this? But they do make it a big thing. But there are no real choices to be made, right? Like, no, you kind of there, if there anything, are... it feels restrictive, and that it doesn't let you use stealth in the beginning, and you get frustrated by the fact that you can't use stealth, and then eventually you unlock it, and you're like, oh, thank God, Jin yeah, is finally like, getting his head straight. You have to unlock the ability to to like assassinate people, and then they get like the chain assassination, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I like those. I don't like to dare on another button. I don't like that I frequently miss them. So instead of assassinating, I just hit, like end up like heavy hitting the guy instead. And well, that's I, what I mean. I, I, I yeah. Oh, if you're heavy hitting them because it's the other. All right. No, I would just like to press the assassinate button and then have the chance to follow up. Yeah. Because like, I almost always yeah, have, I, having like, to be like assassinate or chain assassinate on two different buttons is weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. On one and go from there. <laughs> But there are a lot of things I don't like about the combat. Yeah, I mean, you have more issues than I did. <laughs> well, it's just not fun. It just feels I very mean, prescriptive. It's, it's you're playing very... a little rhythm. You're playing a little rhythm game, and you're going to give it the inputs that it expects. And it's... I, I can't even fathom that you played without the stances because the stances felt like something the game was really forcing you into. Not, no, not me. I mean, they, they brought it up like twice, and then they, I think they realized like th- this guy isn't going to change. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the only thing, the thing about the combat is you're still doing the same things, kind of. Yeah. You unlock a few extra methods, but but they're not game changers. I mean, you know, like every stance has a few different upgrades, but they're, none of them are meaningful. Oh, they're better, better attacks, but the guard breaking attack, the moon stance, and hit triangle twice quickly. There's a little whirlwind move, which is pretty rad and very effective. You can just kind of clear out the groups that way. I tried that and I got my ass kicked like twice, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go back to the, what, what I know," and then that was it. I just I just spammed that a lot. I kept getting like sticked by like like certain enemies, and I'm like, "All right, forget this." Well, you got a time. You do have to have an opening to hold the button down. Yeah. In order to do the combo. I did the uh, one earlier today, the trophy to kick a guy off the uh, cliff or a high. Oh, I love that because I got that one just organically. Same got, thing with uh, shooting a guy in the back who was fleeing. Yeah. I also just kind of did that on a whim and then turned out to be a trophy and that made me happy. Those are the best trophies, the ones that are for something specific that you figure out yourself to do in the game. And then it's a little, you know, delightful surprise. Right. That you pop one. So you gave the game a seven? Yes, I gave over- the game a seven. I, I, I think that the length is right, but the, I agree with you. The content is too repetitive and I don't think the story is particularly interesting. Except with a couple of exceptions, uh, and um, you know, the the thing I like the, the most about it is just being in the world. I think it's a really good. Actually, I, I think I like the side activities more than the main quest because 
uh, it gave me an opportunity to just walk around the world and do checklist stuff while yeah. listening to podcasts. And maybe that's also why the length didn't really bother me and why I uh, blew through it so quickly is because I just discovered a new podcast and I was catching up on episodes and I was yeah. continually impressed with this how many episodes I was able to listen to over the course of this game. This is a very good podcast show. Like you just put something on. I'm I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm watching old episodes of the Drew Carey show, but same principle. Right. But you were also watching like old episodes of Voyager during Last of Us Part Two and stuff, so Yeah. It's not that big a distinction as you're drawing. Back when I had my old laptop, but it's in Best Buy Hell right now. So <laughs> I, I tried listening to a podcast during like one of the, you know, more stealthy or just kind of survival sections of that game where there was no story. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. I, I felt too distracted. Yeah. I I guess I just want to invest enough in the story in Last of Us Two necessarily. Like I like some of the characters, but didn't grab me that hard but yeah so i won't ask you for a rating on on no I'll, i mean so, i would actually so far i'd probably say like an eight for me okay uh well yeah, you should I, finish it the ending's quite good so it might raise it up a little bit even i mean i'll finish it I'll, I'll definitely finish it uh one thing one thing i really did like is in act one the game has three acts pretty much um i think right uh yes act one you have to do like five activities or five like main missions to get the to progress a story and in act two, you only have to do three. And yep. act, ah, act three is not that. that long. Yeah. But you do open a lot of, you know, the bulk of the side missions are in act two and especially the ones that are for your named quest, your companion quests. Yeah. You know, um, the I'm Tomoe skipping. one with Chikawa, uh, Lady Masako, uh, Nori the monk. I've skipped him, but I'll get back to him later on. Oh, he's, he's, his quest line's pretty good. Um, Masako and Ishikawa, I feel, both promise more than they deliver on. They seem like really intriguing mysteries, and like these two characters can't be completely trusted. And then they just kind of go in a disappointing direction. Masako seems like it, she can be, kind of, but not the archer guy. <laughs> Masako is just the most impulsive. Like she's uh, like bloodthirsty. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, every quest of her is let's go talk to this dude. Oh no, you killed him before we could talk to him. Oopsie. <laughs> yep. Uh, do that next time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm glad you're still finding the duels good. At least there's only 25 of them, not like thousands like with standoffs. Yeah. Well, standoffs, I mean, you don't have to do them. You can just kind of roll well, you know, But that's, they're still, they're more convenient in fighting normally. So yeah, it's still better to do them. So I just did so many. They, all the, this is the biggest problem. It's just all, all the mechanics could really, by the time you're done with the game, all the mechanics are tired. Yeah. I would not want to play a sequel necessarily to this unless there were major innovations because I just feel like I feel sated and it's not the kind of I think a big problem for me is that I am already I was tired of this genre and tired of this formula. So with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have I got I a little game? In, yeah. Have you got what? I, I have a little game for you called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be playing that. <laughs> You want to, if you really want to see a, a game spiral into a uh, bloated darkness, that's the one for you. <laughs> well, I'm still debating whether we should get that next Far Cry game to play together or not, because I'm so tired of Far Cry as well. I I want to get it. I'm curious. Uh, it'll be nice to see Giancarlo in a. Uh... He'll do it. I love Giancarlo, but he he will do what he always does. He's got like a villain performance in him, basically that people like, and he likes to do it. Yeah. Um. I'll be more curious. I mean, that'll be like one for like reviews, honestly, like to see what other people think, because uh, we, we both like four, three. I love three, actually. And we both like four. Uh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> you and I did not like Far Cry five and I didn't like New Dawn at all. So <laughs> well, yeah, five is what uh, four was pushing it. Yeah, five broke me. Four was pushing it. I do still think four is a good game and I like its aesthetic. I really like the setting. Four's, four's only biggest pro- four bi- four's biggest problem was like it just didn't do anything that new except for give yeah, you like a small cop like helicopter and that was, was fun. Three. But it but was that's... three with a less. I really didn't like the story in three. I thought it was super stupid. So four was a little bit more straightforward, a little bit better story. But yeah, nothing really huge from a gameplay standpoint. Well, one one thing that already irks me about Far Cry Six is you're you're still not playing a named character. You're still just playing like some creative character, and that. Really fucks up that story, <laughs> huh? Because I don't want to be called like that was Far Cry 5's problem. It's like you're always just called like the deputy. It's like how am I supposed to care about this character? You know, care about this character uh, or story? Man, that was like the least of Far Cry 5's problems. Do, do, I'm surprised you get hung up so much on on that. Like whether you're a silent protagonist or whether you're a named protagonist, who cares? It's a first I, I person game. I, I don't mind silent protagonist. I mind nameless, like characterless protagonist. Eh. <laughs> like that's that's the issue. You're always kind of a cipher in these games. I I don't really see that as a as a big issue. Um, but I I thought five just those you do those hallucinatory sequences over and over again. You're running that yeah, and it takes running that stupid long. gauntlet over and over again. Yeah, the uh, all the boss fights are super unsatisfying. You don't even kill the big bad. I thought it's hilarious. Well, after every certain every Certain milestones, you basically are forced to do that drug trip, that gauntlet you were talking about. Yeah. And, like, one time that triggered when I was in a helicopter, like, a thousand feet in the air. She, my character just yelled out, someone hit me with the, with the drug arrow. And I'm like, from where? Like, yeah. you know. I was just so tired of being told that I'm not so different from the villain. Yeah. That is, you have to listen to him bloviate on and on. Yeah, it's always fun. And you just want to fucking kill him. And then in the end... He's you right, don't. it seems. You don't. Yeah, that happened in New Dawn. <laughs> you well, don't even kill him. That's that's the irony. <laughs> I'm very frustrated by by that. But you know what? We're off. We're way off topic. Yep. Uh, uh, I would hear more about Ghost of Tsushima. That's kind of about it. I mean, as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to be talking enough about it. Uh, I mean, I like it so far. I'll finish. I'll. I don't know if 100 percent it, but I'll probably try to get all the trophies as much as I can. I know it's fairly easy to do. Um. Yeah, I. All right, least favorite and mo- and and uh, most favorite side activity. 
I would say least favorite are the fox hunts. Although really? the, the haikus are also very dumb. The haikus are worse than the fox hunts in my mind. Um, I would say the best are the shrines. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the shrines. <laughs> I mean, there's not, there's not honestly, there's only like five side activities. It's like shrines, haikus, fox den, the spring, the you know baths, and that's about it. And like one other one. Uh, the one where you chop the bamboo. That's okay. I mean, it's just a simple button mashing game, like memory game. Yeah. Although there's one, I don't know if you, this is one you told me about. There's one where I occasionally find like a like a frog shrine. I will bow to it, and then like a thousand frogs pop out. Yes. And I I'm not sure what the hell's going on. That is one of the hidden shrines. Okay. There are I did a like bunch two. of them in the game. I well, found like yeah. two. <laughs> you will find throughout the game in key locations. You'll find the little sign of the bowing man, and you will bow to him. And then there'll be a little environmental effect, like some um, dragonflies will buzz around you, or some fireflies will buzz around you, or some fish will swim by you in the river. Yeah. And then you will know that you've done it. And when you've done 10 of them, a trophy will pop. The one I've seen are just the frog ones, but I'll be on the lookout. Uh, what about your your favorite favorite and least favorite activities? So the haiku, the haikus are probably my least favorite thing. Because it just feels like, well, they're making you look at, the, at their pretty environment, which I'm looking at the entire time anyway. Yeah. But it is nice. Like, look at this nicely composed shot. But I just think the haikus themselves are bad, and it feels so sluggish picking them. Oh, yeah. So that at some point you just give up and you just pick the first, like, you just pick the first one. Well, you I, I, did, I did a few where, like, I missed the prompt about what it was supposed to be about. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just... Right. random shit. <laughs> so you end up with some bad haikus, and then you stuck yeah. with those bad haikus um, forever, basically, on your equipment, on your headbands. Yep. But, you know, even, like, trying to write something good with them also did not work. Oh, right. yeah. So I, I didn't like that very much. I, I would not say that the shrines are my favorite, just because I'm not, I don't really like the climbing that much in this game. It, again, feels very prescriptive in the way that... Oh, yeah. Uh... It's it actually feels like Uncharted, but with the infamous just point the stick in the direction you want to climb. Yeah, I mean, you can clearly mechanic. see where the path is because all, all the cliff faces are different colors or very highlighted. And you can't even drop down certain certain parts of the world. Yeah, like, I've done that. Of the, of the uh, mountains, like basically, it's extremely prescriptive in that it says there are two ways up and down this mountain. There is a path like right here on this side of the mountain, and a path right there on the other side of the mountain. And there's really only one right way to go. So, and you can't Skyrim your way up the mountain at all. So I'll tell you one quick story. Uh, there are there were six. Uh, you have to you have to rescue or like free six farms in the world to get six keys to unlock this armor, which is straight out of Assassin's Creed. I did four because four are on like one island and they're very noticeable. Two are on like the other island or other part. I got one down because it was pretty south where you start, but one is like pretty north up. And I was looking at this map. Uh, I found on you know Google. And it's like, oh, it's right here. But I misjudged where it was, so I went way further north than I should have. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point, I got to this fort, and it's like overwhelming forces are here. And they one-shotted me. Like, they just destroyed me instantly. Yes, that's how you know it's a story mission. So what I tried to do was, I tried to basically figure out a way to get around it. <laughs> and I spent a half hour trying to, like, fall to, like, fall to the ocean. Yeah, you can't. this mountain. Yeah, I, like... I would like get injured by the fall, and I'm like, wait, I'm not hitting anything. Like, what's injuring me? And then I eventually said, screw it. And then I real like figured out later on, I'm like, oh, it was like 
400 meters south. That's where I was supposed to go. It's like, all right, thanks. Yeah, those forts usually just defend. Well, you didn't use your uh, wind to, to figure out where you needed to go? That's no, so good, though. Because the wind uh, it wouldn't tell me where this the farm was. I'd like oh. look it on the map. Okay. Well, oh, you were going by a marker in the wrong place. Right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Oh, so anyway, so yeah, the shrines because I'm because I'm disillusioned with the climbing. Yeah. I, I got pretty bored of the shrines, uh, and it really is just again, you know, find the one path, which occasionally was satisfying when it's like, oh, I've got to squeeze through this here, and you can go you can go around the back, and that was a neat thing. There are a couple of them that are neat. Yeah. Uh, but mostly they felt pretty rote to me. Um. I guess my favorite are the duels. Okay. I, I would count the five duels that you can find in the world as a collectible. Yeah. I mean, you um, do more duels than that. I mean, they're... No, know, well, there's 25 yeah. duels in the game overall, but most of them are parts of quests. Right. But the collectible is their five random straw hats uh, strewn throughout the world. Yep. And it's always exciting to find one of those. So I like those. And uh, runner-up, honestly, I like the fox stuff. Even though it's extremely samey, and even though I hate that one thing that happens where you're following the fox and then you run into a random mob and it ruin, and then you have to do the fox quest from the beginning because it ruined your following yeah, him. Yeah, but they only take like a minute, so that's helpful. <laughs> that's true, but sometimes the fox will kind of stay by the side and wait for you to do your combat. But sometimes it'll get scared and run off and return to the original den, and then you've got to start over. Yep. Uh, anyway, that stuff's annoying about it, but I just like the damn fox. Yeah. I like, I like following the fox. I like petting the fox. Yep. And I, I think, think those uh, shrines are really useful. Like those, that that's one of the best charms you get in the game is the charm you get at the end of that quest line oh. or that collectible line. The only one, the only charm I've really used is the one that gives you more resources. <laughs> and that's a good one. There are lots of great, there are great ones. There, there is one that I really like that makes your, um, you know, later on you get those wind chimes that you can throw to distract yep. en- enemies. There's a charm that makes them poisonous. Yep. And that's really good. So, uh, yeah, there are some great charms. There's really useful health charms, like health regen. Yeah. Which I found very good. Like, whenever you kill somebody, you get some health back and you get some, you get more resolve back than you would normally. Right. And so on and so forth. Yeah, there's, it's a rich full game. It's very pretty. I'll give yep. it those things. Uh, you find anything else that I'm, that I'm unaware yes, of? Yes, I've been playing Deadly Premonition 2. How do you like I, that? <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. It is a Deadly Premonition game through and through um it is okay. obviously you know whereas the first game was a twin peaks riff this one is taking a lot of true detective so it's got a true detective like framing device where we we start the game in the future with an old francis uh zach morgan being interviewed by a couple of you know young fbi agents about this case because the body the body has suddenly shown up the body in the case that uh, back when he was Francis York Morgan, that uh, Francis uh, thought he had cleared and solved back in um, Did, 2005 in New Orleans. Does uh, since you say it's based on True Detective, does Alexander Alexander uh, Denario show up at any point? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, she was the one. I watched part of season one where I think she seduced Billy Bob Thornton, or she like had sex with him. Billy Bob Thornton. Was and Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Sorry. Uh, no, he was not in that. There, there's a Matthew McConaughey. You mean? Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, there is a there there is a sex scene that must be the lady you're talking about because she's very pretty. Yeah. Yes, I remember this. Yep. Um, that is my extent of true detective knowledge. He's got a young, way too hot for him lover. 
that you keep seeing throughout. True Detective or Frank or Deadly Premonition Two. True Detective. There's okay. been no love interest in uh, Deadly Premonition Two. In fact, your partner at this time is a little girl, like a precocious uh, young girl who's uh, helping, who knows the town. You're not directly in New Orleans. You're in like a little. You're like in a small town, just off New Orleans. Yeah, well, it's like uh, this, like the same town as uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a uh, you know a quaint little you know, deep southern town, and of course, Francis does the thing that he always does, which is he goes into full tourist mode, and talks about he muses about the food and the people. And, and skateboards around a lot. <laughs> yeah, he skateboards around and takes in the, the relaxation while also taking in the darkness. And uh, yeah, there's a frozen body uh, that's been chopped up at an altar, and there's a red tree which seems to tie it back to the original case of Deadly Premonition. Yep. And uh, uh, Francis in the future segments is very bitter about everything, so we know that dark stuff's going to go down. He, ne- he never so- got over Emily. <laughs> no, and neither did I, I'll tell you. That is one of the most heartbreaking things to me in a video game, and I did not. I was like, no, you can't do me like this game. I, I was so upset. I was so upset, let me tell you. But hey, she ended up with Zack in the end, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's got the same writing style yeah. as the first one. Um, I don't know if it's become more self-aware. That's always a danger of things like this, where you know something becomes a cult classic for being so bad it's good, and then you try and replicate that. That to me has not, you know, this is not, you know, like Hobgoblins Two or Birdemic Two or anything like that. Um, it seems to have escaped that curse of trying to make a self-aware follow-up to, right. you know, a, a piece of camp. Or like Too um, Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> too Fast and Furious is a much better movie <laughs> than the first Fast and Furious. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I heard how is let me ask how is the technical format? Awful, awful. So just like the first one. <laughs> so no, because I don't know where you played Deadly Premonition. I, I, I was being sarcastic when I said that. I mean, the, I played it on 360 and PC. The 360 version, to the best of my recollection, ran perfectly fine. Hmm. Not like this. Yeah. This is a choppy, framey... Like, the 360 version actually maintains the frame rate somewhat. It's not like most people, I guess, who played the re-release, the director's cut. I know the director's cut had problems on PC. And I know that the PS3 version had huge frame rate issues. Yeah. And this seems to follow in the footsteps (laughs) of the PS3 version. So it's a sweary game, you say? (laughs) Well, you know, it does have the same thing... It's funny. It, it it does do for uh, New Orleans what um, Dark Dreams Don't Die did for Boston, which yeah, is just super obsessed with the minutia of it's. Uh, it's so funny. It's all like Zach is the mass. It's like a Wikipedia. He's like the guy who memorizes Wikipedia and things that makes him smart. Yeah. But he will just recite facts, but he will never get into deeper context or related. Or <laughs> see, they need, he needs to make another game about. Like a small town, like you know, but it I mean, goes this, super... is, this is a small town. This is what this. Well, is. yeah, but it's still about, like somewhat New Orleans. I mean, like uh, some town with like two thousand people in it or something. <laughs> but... I, mean, I think this town does have about that many. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not a big town, and there are basically no cars on the road. It's funny. You're like the only person out. I think. I think uh, you hit a skateboard or a bicycle or. Yeah, you've, you. Well, you've got a skateboard. Your car is stolen, so you get a skateboard. You just skate around town, but the town is basically empty. I mean, 
the first game was a lot like that too, though. The first game had more traffic. Wow. And this one, you and, run into and, cars on the road. And so. demon dogs. <laughs> uh, whoa, the yeah. So I've done one of the dungeons. It does have the weird otherworld dungeons, the same way that the first game had. Mm-hmm. But this time, you're not fighting weird shambling zombies. Um, or at least so far, no spider women crawling on uh, ceilings or walls, but rather very kind of Shin Megami. Well, not okay, not Shin Megami Tensei. Even though there is one demon that's kind of like them, so far you, I've fought like blobs of blades, like just these kind of floating blob monster things that do have that have arms and like giant blade-like appendages, and that also emit like energy and stuff at you. So it's much more kind of weird demon monsters than it is um, zombie kind of, you know, the damned, which yeah. is the first game had. And you have a lock-on mechanic. You no longer just shoot them with a gun. You get a tranquilizer gun in the beginning of the game, which so far I've only used to shoot down some frozen alligators from the ceiling to attract a guy's attention who was too distracted otherwise to talk to us. What? <laughs> Uh, I I zoned out for a second. (laughs) Yes, but then when you go into the other world, that tranquilizer gun, like, you know, your model guns in Persona, transforms into a spirit gun. And it actually merges with your arm in a tribute to Videodrome, which, of course, um, Francis York Morgan explains by, you know, saying, Videodrome, 1981, directed by David Cronenberg. Because, you know, Swery is the Ernest Cline of video game writers. let me let me spoil this game for you, okay? Uh huh. At the end at the end of the game, you're gonna get you're gonna get your car back, and then you're gonna go on a uh, high flying adventure with another woman where you crash each other's cars. <laughs> oh yeah. And get sexually aroused by it. <laughs> sure, that's a great so, movie. How you? Uh, I mean, are you liking it though? Or I, as I said, I am really enjoying it. It feels oh. like classic Deadly Premonition. Are you liking it as, as much as the first game, or less? Or, Hard uh, to say. The story is really interesting. Uh, the mystery is a compelling one, and I want to know more. Because that game came out, and like Deadly Premonition got a pretty big... I mean, it had some critical buzz around it, but it got bigger as it went along. Like, this game seemed to come out and not... People kind of forgot about it like a week later. <laughs> I cannot so, speak to that. I'm assuming that, well, the people I talked to who were excited for it love it. Yeah. So I know I, in various discords, I know a couple of people who talked just as excitedly about this game as I did when it was coming up, and they've already beaten it and talk about how good it is. So it seems like to the people that it matters to, um, it's good. But I can see how it is a niche thing. Yeah. That uh, probably, especially, I mean, I don't know if this is the right time for this sort of thing. I don't know if people are. I'm assuming people are buying video games. Uh, I, it depends on the game. I mean, I think certain games have been doing really well, but others haven't been necessarily. Yeah. Like that Rocket Arena game that EA launched a few weeks ago has been a Bad. dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they launched it at 40 bucks, and like oh, two weeks later, they discounted it to 10. And it's like, this is like bordering on Battleborn territory. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's sad. And I don't know. All- it, it saddens oh. me that Swery's games are not bigger. You know, I, I thought The Missing also kind of, it came out, people really liked it. You heard about it for a couple of weeks, and then it was gone. Was I guess this cat? is even faster. Was that the cat one? or uh, That's the one where you're a, a side-scrolling lady who can get dismembered and still live. 
Oh. Use that to solve puzzles. That might be a different one I'm thinking of then. Mm-hmm. I think he was, tr- he was making a cat game at a certain You're point. thinking of The Good Life. Yeah. The Good Life was a Kickstarter. I contributed to it. It is not out yet. Ah, it's funny. I'm looking at Swery's, uh, you know, game, you know, works that he's done. And I haven't played it, but he did a Tomba game, which is kind of cool. Yeah, he has an interesting background. He did the Tomba game I haven't played. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> say that I've played any Swery games before Spy Hunter. Uh, not Sorry, Spy Fiction. What the fuck am I saying? Yeah. The only Spy Hunter I've played is the one that was based on the Rock movie that never came out. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> that was supposed uh, to be Sean Wu, wasn't it? Yeah, Sean was supposed to be in a lot of doing a lot of stuff that he didn't end up doing. <laughs> well, Spy Spy Fiction is Swery's Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, let's see. I have been playing the Capcom Beat 'Em Up Collection. In fact, I 100%ed that the other day. Fun. Yep. You beat up Capcom finally. I really enjoyed Captain Commando, especially. Knights of the Realm was really good. There, there are some real gems in that. It, it's kind of funny. You know, we, I played this whole thing in co-op, and then I had to play. This is one of those things where they will only... their individual trophies for playing the games solo, and then there is one trophy for playing all the games co-op. Yeah. So I ended up playing through each of those games twice to get all the trophies. But right. uh, it, it really was a fun, fun thing. You know, we started with Final Fight, and somehow it only went up from there. I mean, no, that's regarded as a classic. And that somehow was, to me, one of the weaker games in the collection. Right. Because some of those other ones are just, you know, so wacky and awesome. And some really co- cool uh, kind of combo mechanics. And some of them, like, um, oh, now I can't even think of which one it was. There's one where you can play, uh, like, in- intergalactic bounty hunter kind of, like, yellow cat woman. Battle circuit. Battle circuit, thank you, yes. And, you know, she can grab onto dudes with her claws and then, like, bite their necks and then throw them around and stuff. And it's awesome. So, and I enjoyed playing the uh, the baby in the mech in Captain Commando. There's so much neat stuff in that. That's have, you good. Any, have you played any of those? Those old Capcom beat-em-ups? I know you were, you like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah, one. Yeah, I like the Konami ones, like Turtles or X-Men or Simpsons. I haven't played any of those. I do like Captain Commando because he's pretty good at Marvel vs. Capcom. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. I would say Captain Commander over any of those uh, Konami ones. I know people love them, but I know there's something about these uh, these Capcom ones that's just so imaginative. Yeah. And and the, the less imaginative ones are still really well done. Like, again, the Knights of the Round is a King Arthur one, and that's pretty solid. And then there's a Warriors of Fate, which is a, fa- a Fantasy Japan one, which is also pretty solid. Yep. I don't like them as much as the, the really out there, wacky sci-fi ones, but they're all really good. That's good. Yep. Well, the only other game I've not even touched it, but downloaded was uh, Crisis on St- on the Switch. Fun. Uh, How was downloading it? Give me all your impressions. Uh, I try. I played Tetris '99 when it was downloading, so that paused the download. <laughs> oh, cool. That's always nice. Mm-hmm. But the Tetris '99, the uh, I was trying to get like the, one of the special themes. Those are coming back, which is very oh, nice. Oh man, I've been I've missed at least a couple of them as well. Yeah. So do, I missed some too. So I'll be keeping. Keeping you abreast of that when I can. My Nintendo Online account, I think, may be expired right now. Ah, you know what you uh, have to do. <laughs> well, am I going to re- right now? I don't. I'm not. There's nothing I'm playing online. I'm not playing Animal Crossing, and I'm not playing Tetris. So I don't know if I should be spending those thirty dollars a year or whatever much it is. I think it's twenty. Okay. I mean, hell, twenty a year is fine. I mean, it's yeah, not terrible. Uh, but onto some of the older news before we get into the newer news. Oh, there's exciting older news for sure. Yes. Uh, Nintendo had a direct a few weeks ago 
where they announced a bunch of their crap. Uh, you know, this th- these episodes are more about what you and I really care about or yes. what I find interesting. Uh, the two things that were interesting from that thing were Shin Megami Tensei 3, which is Nocturne, is getting uh, ported over to the Switch and PS4 in a remaster. Uh, that'll be a day one purchase for me. I don't know about you, but... Well, it is a great classic. And it has been a very, very long time since I've played it. So it'll be practically new. I'll be curious if they keep the Dante deal. No, No, there's no Dante. There's not? No. Did they announce that? Yeah, we're getting the good version. No, Dante was the good version, because it was funny. (laughs) It's Raidu, right? Yeah. Raidu Kusunoa is is the character instead of Dante from our uh, Devil Summoner yeah, series. He's not as cool. <laughs> he's not as cool as Dante. You would not take Raidu over Dante because I would. No. Because <laughs> Dante had more personality. <laughs> Raidu is a classic Shin Megami character. Well, aside from that, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is coming out next year <laughs> in a simultaneous worldwide world worldwide release uh so that'll be nice looks pretty good yep exciting teaser uh the other two uh, the other two older stories are, are pretty fun uh this is at least two or three weeks ago probably i think three at least gamer girl uh, yeah they announced they had that trailer for gamer girl uh which irritated some people and then they quickly <laughs> pulled, pulled the trailer, trailer for gamer girl <laughs> yeah i mean it was funny because I saw that trailer and I think I linked it to you or at least you knew about it. And I was like, this is immediately up your alley. And you were of like, course. Yes, it is. of course <laughs> it's a me game. I want to protect the ladies from those who might do them harm. You white knight. <laughs> I want to become the moderator. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think it looks campy and maybe a tad sexist, but that's what a lot of FMV games are. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's a horror game. Yeah. And it's playing on horror tropes. I mean, I can see why people are getting upset with it. If this is your lived experience, if you're a um, an online personality, if you're a woman on YouTube and you're dealing with this shit day in, day out, or on Twitch, and then you don't want to see it exploited into entertainment. So I can understand that. However, exploiting things for entertainment is kind of the point of exploitation media yeah. so i like exploitation movies i don't mind uh topical themes in horror stories whether it's film or video games and i don't think there's necessarily a reason why this should be taboo i can also understand why some people were offended by the fact that you know you are uh that it seems to be all about you're the white knight moderator who has to protect the streamer from well, uh, a stalkery fan then some people seem to think that you were the stalkery fan which yeah. is like, of course, you're, of course you're not. You're not going to be stalking. This is not a lady stalking simulator. Maybe, maybe that's the final twist in the game, though, that you're not really a moderator, and it's all just built up into your head. Oh, you think they could David Cage just like that? Let me let me ask you this. I mean, I saw some of the people getting upset about this. Uh, this is an abstract question. It, it might be slightly sexist, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll ask it anyway. Do you think they would be upset if the game makers asked them to be in it? Uh, I don't like, know. I mean, <laughs> like my well, my question. Okay, like I think, I mean, I'm, I don't mind. I actually like her, but like you're, you're just... was like one of the people like attacking the game. I think, and I, I was just thinking, like, I wonder if she would be against it 
if they had asked her to be in it. Like the I main think character. Felicia Day might be the sort of person who is big enough to turn this down. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, yes. But someone like someone, someone smaller, probably not. Or they would probably see it as like exposure. Or <laughs> I, so you're just saying how much of this is legitimate criticism, and how much do these people would these people be willing to compromise their espoused values? Exactly. Uh, I find that impossible to judge. Um, I would not want to put um, anything into someone else's mouth as to what their motivation is for why they like or don't like something. So I can believe that people were genuinely offended and I don't have to like think about, you know, is this just sour grapes? Cause you know, they would have wanted to make something like this themselves or be in it themselves. I mean, that I feel is, uh, is reaching a bit. Okay. I'm just curious. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think poorly enough. I don't know enough about these people to think poorly enough of them to not give them the benefit of the doubt on an opinion. See, I, I don't know enough of these people either, but I look down on them because why I, I think it's more, I think it's more of a horror game that people are getting, making careers out of live streaming. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a, it's a horror but, game about protecting a streamer. It's no different no, no. than something. You, you, you misunderstood that people, I think it's a horror game that people have made a career out of streaming. <laughs> a career out of streaming. Oh, it like, is. It's, you think in real life, the fact that people have made a career out of streaming is horrifying to you? Yes. Oh. I there are like three or four streamers that I like are tolerable that I somewhat like and like hundreds or thousands of that are awful. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to that's a genre that's a genre of internet video that I don't watch nearly enough yes. uh, to make a judgment as to what slice of it is bad versus what slice of it is good. Now, here's here's one of the last question I'll ask. What if in, what if it, uh, instead of protecting the 19 year old girl or however old she is in the, in the game, you're protecting PewDiePie instead? <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be a it'd probably be less controversial. That that'll be a mod that he puts out for himself. <laughs> well, unless it's would would I also have to protect uh, PewDiePie against cancellation for his? Uh, Making Nazi. Nazi jokes. Yeah, Nazi beliefs. Uh, well, yeah. you'll, no, you'll be we, the don't, one we don't know what he believes. We just know that he makes jokes about it. You'll be the one banning people from the Twitch chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it could be fun if it was like a... This is something I could have seen Peter Molyneux making if Peter Molyneux were still making games now. Yeah. You know, you could could do a thing where you have to manage a diva YouTuber. There's that. Kind of keep them, you know, where like they're very, where it is somebody like PewDiePie who is extremely lucrative but problematic. Yeah. And you've got to like manage their PR and stuff. That'd be a good, you know, if uh, Bullfrog were still existed or what did, what company did he do after Bullfrog? Um, uh, Lionhead. Yeah. That'd be a good Lionhead game. Uh, the last two stories, we'll, the last old stories we'll talk about real quick is uh, this isn't really important to you. But they're making they're not making a next gen gen version for NHL 21. Uh, you don't care about hockey or sports. No. I don't really. But I found I found the the reasoning to be hysterical because uh, the reason cited was uh, they are going they're planning to add more innovation and new features rather than the resource heavy task of porting the game to a new console due to technology mm-hmm. and. I wanted to ask the guy, then what's what's with Madden and FIFA? <laughs> like, like you don't 
that's coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. Like, so you just don't, you don't like that they're trying to spin it as yes, better? exactly. Sure. Uh, the last older thing, uh, this is the more inexplicable one, is apparently G4 is coming back. Yep. Uh, that's a TV channel that I've heard mentioned. Yes. So I don't think you have any exper- much experience with it. Nope. What I've gathered. Okay. It initially was like a somewhat decent channel. Because I think it had like a lot of tech TV roots as well as like GameSpot roots back in the day. Because mm-hmm. game, I think GameSpot and tech TV were kind of similar together. But it quickly morphed into like a a, a network to show cops reruns and cheaters reruns and launching careers of like Olivia Munn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, a lot of people are excited for this news. I thought G4 is terrible. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I just can't, I can't fathom it. Like G4 wasn't profitable. Uh, that's why they canceled it. <laughs> like, well, it's a brand. People remember it. I guess. Maybe they I can make it profitable now. Yeah. It's, the, it's an era of bringing back things. We're going to bring back Beavis and Butthead. We're going to bring back Clone High. We're gonna... Well, that's, that's all good stuff, though. <laughs> sure. But it's all all this nostalgia bait. Yeah. Heaven forbid there's a new idea. <laughs> I mean,. You could do, if it's just we're doing, an, I don't know what the format of G4 was. I don't know what their shows are like. I really have no opinion. But yeah, you know, okay, it's a channel that people seem to have fun memories of. So why not trade on the name? Yeah. Well, if, if the, the problem I had, the biggest problem with G4, honestly, was a lot of it, it felt like I was talking down to the audience or like mm. mocking them. Um, well, a lot of stuff that was like nerd culture from that era was like that, wasn't it? And Just still like that now. <laughs> well, the the line between being condescending and you know trying to between pandering and condescension is a thin line. Yeah, that was my so problem. Just trying to pander. That was like my biggest issue with like Olivia Munn was like she felt very pandering. It's like yes, <laughs> I think she even admitted in an interview like she's like I don't play games. So it's like then why are you on this show about playing games? Like that was, that was a very odd thing for her to say. <laughs> Uh, but regardless of that, the new news, let's talk about that, which has happened in the past week or so, week or two. They announced new Street Fighter V content. Mm-hmm. New characters, even. New Again, stages. Yes. Okay. So they announced four new characters with a fifth to be revealed later on, mm-hmm. and along with their roadmap for this stuff, which is quite a ways away. So in the winter of this year... We're supposed to get Dan as a character. Mm-hmm. In spring 2021, we're getting Rose, which is from Street Fighter Alpha, I believe. Um, I think Dan is from Alpha 2, actually. From In summer 2021, we're getting Oro, who I think is a Street Fighter 3 character. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. And we're also getting uh, Akira Kazama, who is from Rival Schools, which is one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. And then in fall 2021, we're getting the mysterious fifth character, He's probably either going to be Goku or Scorpion. Um, do you have any? Do you have any Street Fighter nostalgia or interest? Uh, not for five. Yeah, I. I mean, I played five. I played their last version of five, their quote unquote complete version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was overwhelming because I had no idea who to play. Uh, everything was unlocked, so I had no reason to actually play the single player. And oh. the multiplayer was busted. And they make no mention in this roadmap about fixing the online. Mm. Which not a great <laughs> that that's the big sticking point of it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that the online's bad. 
I'm just not great at fighting games. I mean, I have some nostalgia for classic Street Fighter and classic Street Fighter characters. Yeah. Uh, and I recognize that Street Fighter 4 was a great game. I oh, played yeah. quite a bit of that when it was new. Uh, 5, I never really got with. Well, 5 launched rough, and then it just continually kind of stumbled out of the gate. Like, it just never had a good... Like, the fact that they're keeping up with it is, I guess, kind of nice, but I think most people just rather they start to work on 6. Mm-hmm. Same with like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, like, but they didn't even support that one. <laughs> the last fighting game I played seriously was uh, Persona Arena. That was good. Yes. You might like. Uh, I mean, it's pretty uh, easy to kind of get into, but the Dragon Ball one's not bad. Okay, I was yes. expecting you to say Blaze Blue because that's the same developers, and that's kind of if you like this, you might also like that. No. Oh, but uh, Dragon Dragon Ball is also. Oh, that's the two D. You're talking of the two D one. Right, the good one. Okay, right. I was in my mind as soon as you said Dragon Ball in the context of fighting, I was picturing one of those ones where you were just flying in midair in 3D space, that, yeah, trying was, to rush towards each other. Those never work, and they're always terrible. <laughs> I forgot that that new uh, Dragon Ball exists. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the people who made uh, Guilty Gear. Yes, the Guilty Gear developers. So they know what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guilty Gear is the latest Guilty Gear is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Art style wise. I'm whenever I see one of those finishers and I realize that those are three D models that you can oh. move the camera around, my mind is just blown. I mean uh Dragon Ball's like that, you can't move the camera around, but every character is still three D. So there's well, like you, one gone. You can't move the camera, I think, in Guilty Gear either, but it's it's no, the it fact is, that they are yeah, able yeah, yeah. to have yeah, a virtual yeah. camera that is giving you depth to something that looks like an illustration. Oh yeah. Uh just blows my mind. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh so in Guilty Gear and uh, Dragon Ball, I should say, there are you know multiple character colors. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, one of the character colors is basically a red or an orange uh, outline of the character. It looks mm-hmm. like Tron. Uh, that happens in the game. So when you do your finisher, your character looks like that. Cool. And this is rad as hell. <laughs> uh, I think a week ago or a week and a half ago, they had that Xbox event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to get into everything that happened because. I don't think you care about Halo. I'm no, and it looked bad. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> like, uh, and a lot of their other stuff looked hit or miss. Let's say uh, they announced new Forza, which they call Motorsport, which is fine because they don't want to get into Final Fantasy territory, which is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they announced Tetris Effect Connected, which is a new version of Tetris Effect with multiplayer. Uh, that'll be nice. Yep, that'll be good. For, nice for you. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get a Series X for that because it's coming. The patch is also going to hit for other versions later on next year. But yeah. I like Touch Effect quite a bit. I know. It'll be a big deal for you to be able to play against people. But you won't be playing against me very much because there's no point playing you in Tetris. If only there's Puyo Puyo involved. Uh, uh, the la- the Probably the biggest thing they announced was a very brief Fable game announcement trailer. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I did not. Okay, I will I will describe it because it's very dumb. It involved a fairy flying around for about 20 seconds, 20, 20 to 30 seconds, and then a frog ate it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Cool. And well, it was like Fable, and it's like, wow, way to not show anything. <laughs> I mean, other than setting kind of a tone, I suppose. Yeah, but over a tw- tw- you know 30-second CGI trailer that is not going to be in the game, like... <laughs> Oh, it they, might be in the game. That might be at the beginning of a of a scene setting. Yeah. You know, kind of like how 
we can't have an establishing shot in the special edition of Star Wars without there being some little Both CGI thing CGI, happening in yeah. the background. Did you like Fable or no? I really enjoyed the original Fable back when uh, it was on Xbox. Okay. I thought it was a better than average RPG with a neat little moral system, even if it was very binary, and a lot of stuff to do that you couldn't usually do in games. Okay. Which I enjoyed, and apparently people were still bummed out that it uh, overpromised and underdelivered. Uh, yeah. But I never paid attention to all the overpromising with the first Fable, so I wasn't disappointed. However, I did after I played the first Fable, I did pay attention to the news cycle around Fable Two, and Fable Two did promise more than it could deliver. And Fable 3 extremely promised more than it could deliver. See, I, I didn't play Fable 1 much at all. I played Fable 2 up to a point uh, when he got on a big boat and got mm-hmm. in prison for 10 years. And I was like, wait, this is dumb. And then I stopped playing it. It's a bit of a slog, but, you know, you can get through that segment, get back to the open world. Uh, Fable 3 is the one I actually really liked. And I feel I'm alone in that. <laughs> yeah. It, it had issues, but I liked the combat quite a bit. Uh, liked all the spell mixing and crap like that. And it was, also, it was also very easy, so that's why I think I liked it. It was so chunked with so many little load times everywhere. Oh, yeah. Anytime you wanted to do anything, you went through five load screens to do it. Or oh, the, the stupid map or the stupid, like... The option. map was bad. I don't like the traversal or the, the, the mapping system very much. I thought the morale, you know, the morality hadn't really... It, they kind of supercharged it with money but once, you know, become king. Yeah. But it does, it does become very silly. At yep. some point. And at some point, you have so much money that you don't really... Like, oh, yeah. It that's, makes the moral choices moot in some yep. cases. That happened to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can either, you know, condemn the people, condemn the kids to a factory or open an orphanage. And it's like, <laughs> that's well, the one that people often cite. Yeah. And it's just... I mean, yeah, sure. If you need 300,000 more gold, you can you can you know, send them to Dickens School. Yep. Whatever. That's, it does have a strong... I did like the kind of steampunky... Uh, it's a Dickens novel now. Uh, yeah, aesthetic with factories and, and flintlock pistols and all that. Yeah, it felt like the world was like actually evolving. Like the you yes. know the technology was good. was nice. So how far do you think uh, technology will advance in the new Fable? Uh, it'll start off with the lightsaber. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think it'll just be more, or it might have like a transforming weapon, like in you know something like that. Okay. Or you might have like some type of like appropriate machine gun or you know some like fast loading rifle or something mm. but uh yeah uh one bit of news that people seem to really freak out about was that uh ps4 controllers aren't going to work with ps5 games except uh? for ps4 exclude like backward compatible ps4 games and it's not different than that's pretty much what i expected ps3 controllers yeah. don't work with ps4 uh, it's like no like practically no game like no console generation's controllers work on the next generation game or next generation console. I'm sure there are certain inputs that are going to be built into PS5 games that are just not going to translate over. Yeah, like the blowing thing. <laughs> mm. But not just that, but also like certain tactile things with the sticks that they've supposedly done right. Yeah. Like they're giving uh, you more flexibility on how much you're depressing the stick. Right. And what it measures. Like and all I sorts of fine tuning things. I can't think. Of- the only one I can think of that's done this before in like a realistic way was the Wii controllers could work on the Wii U. Yes. Um, that's about it. Oh, those controls didn't really evolve. Right. Very much. If they make sense, and you need, and they needed to do that because you know you were not going to have enough controllers to do all the yeah, play games. Right. Uh, but like every Xbox console has done that except for the you know the current. Well, they're saying the Series X con- or you know the current Xbox. 
controllers will work on the new system, which is nice, but that kind of shows that the new controllers aren't new. Like, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the, it's all it's always been like this. I don't see what the big deal is necessarily. Oh, it's a bummer. It'll be nice to keep one PS4 controller hooked up to the PS5 for. But even then, I might want to use the PS5 controller if I'm playing old games. Why not use? Yeah, the it might be more con- more comfortable or somehow better. Like you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other Sony freakout bandwagon. They showed or they announced that Spider-Man will come to Marvel's Avengers. But only for the PS4 and PS5. Well, I guess I know where I'm buying it. The Xbox or <laughs> PC version. <laughs> well, it's a bummer, but you know, I would have probably gotten it for for Xbox if not for this. So their plan worked. I mean, my, my question. I mean, they, they, Sony has flirted a little more with this than Microsoft, like God of or uh, Kratos and like Mortal Kombat, or having like guest characters pop up in certain games. So I didn't see this as a huge thing. I'm more curious that, like, they view the this Marvel game as something worthwhile to be a part of. <laughs> really? Well, apparently the beta uh, responses came out already. Or, like, you know, people thinking, talking about the beta, and they were not positive. Okay. It's a lot of people going, like, wait. Like, pretty much everyone said the combat was sluggish, except for, like, playing as uh, Black Widow. And even that wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, the Hulk was the worst. I and his Hulk. Uh yeah, I think they also announced that Hawkeye is going to be like another DLC character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's where he belongs. <laughs> yeah, I remember I saw people remarking on how boring his character model is, how he's just a bald dude with a bow. Yep. Hey, it's Hawkeye. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner, you want him to sing to you? Yes, I do. <laughs> but then I'm going to have Jeremy Renner back probably anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, also, like, Sony owns part of Spider-Man, so that's why this is happening. Like, it's not a huge thing. (laughs) So, uh, what else? Uh, The the Intellivision Amico got delayed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, your and I pre-orders are now that much longer away. (laughs) I still think that it's a system with potential. Why? Well, because I enjoy Intellivision games. Um, I played a lot of them actually in game room believe okay. it or not i would be happy to see kind of remixed or upgraded or upscaled uh, versions of those which is what they've promised they've promised kind of gussied up in television classics so i would actually play those and supposedly that's going to be original games and the hardware looks nice and just generally i have some fondness for the intellivision see i i think the intellivision was too old or I just didn't connect with me at all. Mm. Uh, I don't think it was like huge. Was it popular in Europe or? Uh, no, not particularly. And, uh, you know, I, I did not start with consoles anyway. I did not have any of these. Okay. Well, neither did I. I mean, I started. I started consoles. on a 286 as my, yeah. my first computer, and that's where I started gaming. Uh, so I experienced the television much later through, you know, compilations. Yeah bundles of classic television games or game room stuff like that where you could Perfect. actually download them individually yeah. and i they are very simple in the same way that old atari games are oh yeah but uh i actually really like them and i think it's a cool system and i was i haven't pre-ordered it but uh i've been thinking i've been you know whenever i see an article about it i'm like yeah i might get that i guess my problem with the amico is i mean i like tommy Tellerico, kind of 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's done good work in the past as like you know a composer or he's a good composer, yeah, uh, music guy. But he has no frame, you know, frame of reference. Oh, or no yeah, this is out of his wheelhouse, sure. Yeah, and he's he a seems, fan like us. He always seems like very indignant when people bring this up or when people like criticizing Amico. And it's like, dude, you you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, it's not. This isn't like. Yeah, you're a composer. You're not like. Well, I can understand him being defensive, and I'll give them the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and await the reviews. Yeah, the delay is completely unsurprising. I mean, obviously, especially little, small projects like this, you right. know, with uh, not uh, really established companies, I could see those really suffering during uh, I mean, times like this with COVID. I, so it strikes me as a legitimate, you know, due to COVID in this case rings true to me. I don't think it's yeah. an excuse or anything. Oh, I should I should also say that the uh, delay it was supposed to be out in October of this year. It will now be out on April third of twenty twenty one. Makes sense. Uh, I, I as much as I'm naysaying this thing, I think it's more likely to come out than that like Atari Box thing. Yeah, that Atari Box looks legitimately bad. It looked yeah, it always seemed like a, a scam to me. Like at least Telerico, mm-hmm. even if even if this is somehow a scam, it seems more believable than the other one. <laughs> like yes. Because uh, he's hiring like real people to do this, so that's mm-hmm. decent. On the other uh, delayed system front, the uh, Analog Pocket uh, is supposed to be out this year, but they delayed it until May of next year. Oh, wow, really? But you've already paid for your pre-order in full? Yep. I was one of the few. Wow. I was, I was up at 11 a.m. that Monday, and it, it, the pre-order was available for uh, 11 minutes, at least to my to my. Wow. Timing. I didn't yeah. realize it was delayed in addition to uh, the fact that it had just gone on sale and I missed out on it. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations, though. Yep. I got. I ordered the uh, black one and the dock. Nice. So you got the dock, too. Excellent. Yeah. I didn't get a case. I figure I can find some compatible case later on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, that might not be... I don't know how easy it would be to find one that's compatible since it was kind of a niche thing. Yeah. I think that might be hard, but you're probably just going to use it in the house anyway, and you're not going to roughhouse with it or anything. So, right. Uh, what else? Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, you didn't. You didn't really order one, or you didn't even try. But like, you know, a lot of people were complaining about the shipping calculator being broken, and it actually worked fine for me. That's good. Uh, and my shipping was like nineteen dollars, which is not great, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been spending way too much money. I need to cut back. So this is this kind of purchase. I can wait for it to be in wider release, I think. Yeah. I'm not dying to play my old Game Boy games again right now. You take that back. You know, you, Everyone knows you want to play Kid Icarus on the Game Boy again. I mean, those <laughs> games are great. Don't get me wrong. And I'm excited to eventually have an analog pocket. I just don't need to launch one, I guess. Right. But I'm so happy for you that you were able to get yours, especially considering how they sold out immediately. Yeah, and I was very, uh, very, not nervous, but anxious to get one <laughs> yeah as you know i've been spending money beautifying this room that i'm currently in hey man you have to get uh new, another, now another new cabinet to put all the rest of your figurines in. i was actually thinking about a second cabinet like i was thinking about putting near the window like a shorter like a one that 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 doubles as a desk because then i could have some space to put stuff down on as well as put things in i think they call uh, that an entertainment center <laughs> no 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 but it, it's not it's only like um I have a big giant window in this room, as you know. Yeah. And I don't want to cover too much of it up, so I, I want to get like a short one. Get like a 70s entertainment center. <laughs> well, I've got an entertainment center downstairs, and it is an old-fashioned one. 
It's like su- super deep old lady entertainment center that you can't buy anymore. Yeah. It's actually not dissimilar from this display shelf that I just bought where it's got like the mirrored back and the, the glass shelves. The big difference is it doesn't have a door to uh, keep your stuff dust free. <laughs> Which I don't think this thing is dust free either. I've seen some dust come in. So it's not as, as dust sealed as you would like. Now you got to invest in some caulk. Oh, you could. There's people who are like, you know, dustproof. Your Detolf, Detolf are the display cabinets that IKEA sells, which are much cheaper. Oh yeah, it, I imagine it, it includes like it includes like making these little custom foam fillings that go in all the cracks and stuff. What well, you need to get to the next level, where you just start 3D printing out a new cabinet for your characters. Yeah. So yeah, uh, aside from spending too much money, so no analog for me, but uh, um, that thing is beautiful. Yeah, I think it looks really nice. Uh, I'm excited to play Game Boy games on it and get a Game Boy or get a uh, Game Boy Flash cart, maybe. Well, I think we've cracked open instantly. So the promise of a screen that is the correct resolution, so that things scale without um, bad scaling artifacts, where like you don't have an even number of pixels. Right, because it's just a Yeah, this uh, this is uh, like perfect for. Pretty much anything that it is. And it's not even, is it, I don't think it's emulating, is it? No, because FPGA. Yeah. Actually, it has two FPGAs in it, one for the Game Boy and then one for, like, other stuff. <laughs> That's so good. See, my, I'm curious because I don't think, I mean, the Game Boy has, the, I think it's based on the Game Boy resolution, but I'm I'm pretty sure, like, other systems have screwier resolutions, like the Lynx, for example. Right, or, like, if you're <laughs> running... I guess you could do Game Gear games with an adapter. Like, you need adapters, though, for other yeah, yeah. systems. But maybe the, the screen is high-res enough that it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. I, well, I imagine two two things. I imagine, like, if not day one, within, like, the first month, this thing will be cracked open to play ROM files. Oh, sure. Of course. But I'll be more curious about if, they were, if they're able to put other emulators onto it or other systems, mm. like the Super Nintendo. Are you going to crack yours is the big question? Oh, yeah. Because okay. I did it with the Mega SG and the Super NT that I have. Sure. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's technically piracy, but they don't. I I don't care. And it's not like oh, I'm playing uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker off this ROM file. Come get me. It's like no, no one cares. Right. Oh, I'm not <laughs> talking. about Legality is not my concern. Plus, at least for the Super NT, I have a very large. I have a fair, fairly decent lineup of actual games as it is. So. Mm-hmm. Hell, I got Earthbound, so that's all you need to know. <laughs> right. Uh, the last topic we'll talk about is uh, Thundersaw is back as an anime series. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Did they get Michael Ironside? Only if they drag him out of whatever bar he's in and clean him up. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I find it hard to get excited about these kind of projects. I think it, I mean, well, Castlevania worked. Sure, it has nothing to do with the game. I think it actually kind of does. I mean, I, I think Splinter Cell doesn't have a great, like, you know, necessarily a great history or a great canon, but... Oh, Splinter Cell has a fine canon. Uh, certainly uh, one that you could adapt to... Uh, I mean, there's already a Tom Clancy book that you can start with. Yeah. And some of those, like Double Agent, I thought had a really good story that would make a good season of television. Uh, you could certainly do... You just end up with a 24 kind of thing. Right. Um. Which, you know, could be fine, but it's not exactly... I wasn't necessarily itching for more Splinter Cell uh, in, I, in anime yeah, I, form. That's the thing. is Why, why are they doing this? Is, it, is the question. Is like, are they going to make another Splinter Cell game? Or is this this 
It's like, what's the point? But like Castlevania just kind of takes the characters and then builds a new story around it because it doesn't really try adapting the game story at all. Yeah. They're also uh, making a Beyond Good and Evil movie. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm skeptical. I'm hoping that it won't kill whatever momentum the second Beyond Good and Evil already didn't have. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing is, it's a real, it's a real race. But which one's actually going to come out first? <laughs> well, we'll see. I could just be see see that being a thing that doesn't translate great into a CGI movie, and it'll be another mediocre CGI movie that'll get reviews like the Ratchet and Clank film, for instance. Yeah, you was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> And or or like the Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest is kind of one of the better ones. The Netflix Dragon Quest movie. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the part where it's Dragon Quest is actually really good. The problem is that they decided to wrap a uh, framework oh, around it. Dragon Quest. I thought I I I thought it was Dragon uh, Dragon Age. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh no, there isn't there like a animated. There is a like badly animated Dragon Age movie, isn't there? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's not full length. It's maybe like 40 minutes or something. I, w- I would assume so, because, uh, yeah, there is an anime film. Dragon, Dragon Age. Uh, Dragon I was wrong about the length, though. It's a full-length movie. It's called Dragon Age Dawn of the Seeker. Yep. 2012. Wait, no. It's a six-part web series that amounts to a total of 90 minutes. There's also Dragon Age Redemption, which stars our favorite Felicia Day. See, Felicia Day doesn't need no gamer girl. She's got Dragon Age Redemption going for her. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> I actually quite like her. I, I really oh, enjoyed sure. her. I, I enjoyed her a lot in that new mystery, those two new Mystery Science Theater seasons. I think she's great in those. I'm not huge on the guild, but I do always enjoy Felicia Day when she pops up in things. Like I like that. That's one of the better Joss Whedon things, that musical he made, Dr. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I like her in that, too. So I don't I don't have anything against Fusha Day. You liked her, you liked her when she popped up in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> sure. I mean, come on. It's how did you, it's not gonna make Buffy was you, all yeah. So I was gonna say she was actually really funny. Did you ever see the uh, Legend of Neil? Uh, I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Yeah, she was like the fairy in that, uh, and she was like very uh, foul mouth, but also horny for for Link, and they kept having sex. Like that was like her method of healing him. Oh, sure. And I was like, yep, this is good. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I like her as well. But... Yep, certainly I would think Gamer Girl was the hell of a... I mean, it would be pretty exciting if Gamer Girl had Felicia Day in it. I guess she was voicing... Uh... Oh, did she voice Mary Jane Watson in Spider-Man? Did she? No, oh, it's some Spider-Man TV show, not the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go, like, I didn't think she did, but yeah. She was also great in Fallout. <laughs> I liked her Dragon Age character for the. She was in the DLC. Okay, yeah, I didn't play the that. Heist. So. Oh, God, yeah. she was also in the Family Guy game. Ugh. Well, you know, what are you can't, gonna do? Can't, can't win them all. <laughs> Multiverse. No, this was uh, the Quest for Stuff. The Quest for Stuff. I've never even heard of that one. This is the mobile game. So you know. That's oh, gonna, okay. That's you know, what that's I haven't heard. Pieces. Ah, mm. uh, oh, the Will Wheaton project. Will Wheaton was on one of the original G4 TV shows. Oh, interesting. That does sound a, like... It was, on a, it was a show called Arena. Well, it, huh? now you've got... If if you bring back Will Wheaton, now that I know, I get excited about this G4 thing. Uh, it was a show... It was basically like... It was him and another guy, and they were commenting on esports matches. Or esports, you know, games. 
keep people playing like Quake Three, I think, or Quake Four maybe, or like Mech Warrior Four. Mm-hmm. And then he only did like thirteen episodes, and then I think he left because the producer was a huge jackass. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that'd be good. I would watch uh, Will Wheaton watch people play video games. <laughs> do you remember when uh, uh, Tommy Wiseau tried to do a gaming show for like five minutes? No, that it was awful. I know it sounds great. crazy, but it was real. He figured he realized he had an audience of people who game, and he thought he could cater to them. This is when he was becoming self-aware about the fact that he was a you know, a laughingstock uh, joke person. Right. And was trying to leverage that into something. Hopefully, but, uh... Hopefully, unlike Sweary, he did not pull it off. I was going to say, hopefully Neil Breen just makes a gaming show as well someday. <laughs> oh my god. I would love a Neil Breen adventure game. Have Sweary and Neil Breen team up. No, just have, like, Neil Breen play, like, th- that everything game or something like that. Or oh! Tokyo, just... Or Tokyo Jungle. <laughs> That'd be funny, too. What would actually fit thematically? It would have to be a game about a chosen one. Oh, I know. Uh, Neil Breen's first game that he needs to stream is Fahrenheit, a.k.a. Indigo Prophecy. Because that is already a Neil Breen movie, just in video game form. So I think it will resonate with him. I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked into just about all the information I need. They have no idea. No more books! You were given a power. Others want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets. Well, based on that metric, I thought you were going to say he needs to play uh, 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. What? How is that in any way relevant to the themes of his work? Because it's still about the chosen one. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that. Have you even played that game? Yes, I have. You're just a dude who wants a skull back. Exactly. That's every, what every Neil Breen film is also about. You just have to dig deep dig deep into it. Ah, yes, the hidden meaning. <laughs> I, I need to watch his full four-hour lecture on movie making to figure Five. that one out. Five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's also like five hundred. It's also like three hundred dollars or whatever. That's right. You're not going to spend money on the analog pocket, but you'll spend money on the Neil Breen five film retrospective. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I'd get about as much entertainment out of both, probably. Up. Oh, oh wait, you can't. You can't. You won't get it, or you can't get it anymore. No, no, you can still buy it, but you won't buy it Why? because uh, it's only DVD quality. Oh well, but you've seen what that that thing looks like anyway he can't film himself for shit it looks like someone's home movies so what would putting it out on blu-ray even do make it even better <laughs> i don't even can you get even his uh, his movies are technically hd i guess but they they don't um they don't have I don't, know if, I don't know if even all of them are they're not movies that would actually benefit from like i upgraded the room you know when the room came out on blu-ray i bought it again because that's a movie that you know Tommy Wiseau put enough money into his equipment and into how he shot that thing that there was an uptick in quality that you could see. But I don't know if you could go any higher and still he, benefit. He does have one movie that is Blu-ray, Fateful Findings. Oh, yeah, Fateful Findings. Yeah, more recent one. And on that, <sighs> on, on that high note, I think we'll end the episode. <laughs> well, talking, we're still... Talking about Neil Breen. <laughs> yeah. 
You're gonna, what, what are you going to say? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I haven't seen the last Fateful Findings. I think the last Neil Breen movie that I saw, but I haven't seen his very latest one yet. Yeah, Pass I'm, Through. I haven't seen Pass Through. I'm Facebook and Twisted Pair. Oh my God, yeah. he's made two movies since the last one I saw. Yeah, I haven't seen Twisted Pair either. I'm friend. I'm Facebook friends with one of the actresses in one of the Neil Breen films. Mm. I forget which one. So yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure everything Fateful Findings on is modern in terms of his in terms of being at least HD. Damn straight. But I don't know if Double Down is. Oh, I'm friends with the female lead from uh, Pass Through, so maybe I can order order a copy from her and have it be signed. Mm. Oh, for a second that was like I've been proved wrong, and there's a Blu-ray of Double Down, but I realized it starred Jason Priestley and Peter Dobson. Oh, that's the right movie. And it it looks like a Rounders poker movie. Even better. Mm-hmm. So there's a recommend for you. I can, you can always recommend a Jason Priestley film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Double Down's DVD is uh, currently unavailable on Amazon. Well, yeah. You got to order from his website, probably. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, but you know what I haven't seen yet? Have you seen Best Friends, the um, Tommy Wiseau, Greg Sestero movie? No. Okay. I feel like I should check this out. Volume 1 and 2 are now together. Oh, man. There is Neil Breen merchandise, including... A, a Neil Breen duvet cover. Ooh. And mouse pad. And facial mask. What? Neil Breen merchandise tweet facial mask. Huh. It's it's beautiful. Is it just is it just a piece of his uh it's just it, his face on a mask? No, it's it's a tweet from okay. May first, twenty twenty, where he says merchandise. I have not approved the use of my name or image for any merchandise. I've not authorized the use of my name. Oh, so he's complaining about it while also signal boosting it. Yes. Very smart. Very smart. That's 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 part of the Neil Breen genius right there. Yep. But, oh, man. I should just buy this Best Friends set. 15 <laughs> bucks for four hours of Tommy Wiseau-y goodness. Mm. Even Twisted Pear seems kind of expensive. Yeah. I it's, guess they're all rare. It's 30 bucks. I mean, it's not terrible, but... Oh, yeah, that's not... Yeah, well, you know. You pay for quality. Exactly. That's, you know, some movies you just got to dig deep and you know it's worth it. Oh, wait. You were, you were trying to find Fateful Findings or which one were you trying to find? No, Fateful Findings I've seen. I was I was looking for uh, his first one, Double Down. Oh, it's not for sale anywhere. Yeah. That's what he says. So that's eBay for you right there, I guess. Right. Fateful but, Findings, I think, was my introduction to him. Because that, that was when he was first starting to blow up. The quote-unquote fateful introduction to him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, people, the AV Club was writing about him. Nathan Rabin was writing about him. Podcasts started to do him. It is an astounding vision of the world Neil Breen has. Exactly. Well, you're right. But, on that note, we should yep. end this podcast on a high. Yep. Uh, was pretty good. That's what, my final thought for the, for the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think it's not quite as good, but it's still decent. <laughs> I mean, I 100%ed it. So yeah. I guess I must have liked it enough. Yep. Uh, I still think that Sucker Punch can do better. Well, what give do you think? A new, a... Give me a new Sly Cooper game with lots and lots and lots of varied mechanics like those games have. See, I don't think those games sold. That's the problem. <laughs> Maybe I'm just the outlier. I, mean, I, I thought Sly one. Cooper 2 especially is just amazing. Yeah. The third one's okay. But the second one, it's kind of like the second Ratchet & Clank uh, game was such a huge step up for the franchise. Right. And, just, you know, like just introduced 
so many more weapons and things. Whereas Sly 2 just that that game is so great at just giving you varied mechanics, just giving you new stuff to do all the time. Now you're controlling a drone. Now you're in a tank sequence. Now you're doing stealth. Now you're climbing around. Now you're doing environmental puzzles. Now you're doing you know what what whatever kind of uh, um, you know. It was still it was that open world game with here's a big map of stuff to do, but the maps were more self-contained, and it just really upped the up the variety and up the gameplay. Right. I feel they haven't really they've been more focused on making games that are slick and really really pretty. Yeah, that's how those instrument games have felt, and that's how this feels. I mean, yeah. Which I mean, what do you think sells more, Ghost of Tsushima or Sly Cooper? Yeah, but that's just because Ghost of Tsushima is a you know realistic looking samurai game, whereas Sly Cooper is a cartoony. You're a you're a raccoon thief. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, looks same... like a looks like a children's game, even though it's much more sophisticated than that. But still, the fact that it looks like a children's game turns people off. I mean, the same argument can can be applied like Microsoft, like which sold more, Halo or Blinks the Time Sweeper. I'm not saying you have to do Sly Cooper or even in the. Like, I just. I would like to see a return to the gameplay stylings of Sly Cooper. You don't have to go back to the character or to. I mean, kind I, of like I think the character's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not criticizing the game necessarily, but I, I just think, like, for the mass market, like, those types of. Like, even, like, platformers themselves aren't popular that much anymore. So, is the mar- why is the mass market not fed up with these checkbox open world games where you just, you know, do 50 of this, do 40 of this? Uh, well, All because same. I think people like violence, but also uh, they don't realize they not, may not necessarily realize they're just doing the same twelve things over and over. Mm. And also, I think the story—I mean, you don't like it. I'm kind of mixed on it, but I think the story keeps people engaged enough. I guess so. But again, I—the I, thing is that I would really say try Odyssey because no, know, whatever whatever problems you have with this game, they're like magnified by ten in that one. Well, I'm not gonna. Yeah. And there are things I like, you know, I, I like the wayfinding with the wind. I like the weather system. I like all the little quality of life enhancements over other similar open world games that it has. And it has a lot of those. Right. So it's doing, It's. I'm not saying it's not innovating at all. It's innovating some. And it is doing a very good job within the genre. I just wonder if I'm tired of the genre. Ah, probably. <laughs> and I'm surprised that everybody else is not tired of the genre after... Decades of Assassin's Creed games and oh, Assassin's sure. Creed-like games. But here, here's the thing: is how often can you play the same? This, like, I've played this game before. Like, yeah, playing well, this, I just felt like every aspect of this, practically every aspect of this, I've done in something else. Here, here's one thing I would say, though. The last thing I would say is, when was the last time you played something like this? I mean, it's probably been Assassin's- at least a year. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So that was four years ago or three. Yeah, because I got super tired of it. And even like, so I guess even something like Spider-Man kind of falls into the. Yeah, I mean, I would say Spider-Man, sure, but you're you have more abilities or more. Yeah, but the the gameplay is more fun and more more uh, you know the traversal itself is so unique in Spider-Man that uh, that alone counts for something. Or I would say Red Dead. Yeah, but Red Dead was trying. Obviously, Ghost of Tsushima is telling a very serious, very earnest story. But and Red Dead allows itself to be a little bit goofier in places because it's still a Rockstar game. Yeah. But I think Red Dead still like it tries to be more of that kind of awards buzz 
kind of uh, um, prestige game. Prestige, yeah. Like it, it's you know, it has that. Rockstar games to me have a similar feeling to like HBO shows. You so know, it's where the, it's that uh, thing where they're where they're just they're being they're being as edgy as they can be, and everybody's everything's morally gray, and it's trying to tell a big sprawling epic story in a really slick modern way. Is the uh, HBO equivalent to Rockstar's table tennis going to be real sports with Brian Gumble? <laughs> I have no idea what any of this means. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we will end this episode. <laughs> yep. uh, check back later on where me and Sean might do a podcast with Jens or without. We'll see how that goes. Either way, you'll probably or, be talking about some of the same news stories because Sean would want to do them again. Yeah, we'll have different ones because... The only different ones. <laughs> right. he, picks, he picks different stories than you or I do, so, or at least I do. So he's, that's, up, that's up to him. <laughs> He'll talk a lot about, more about Pokemon, probably, where you and I could not give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Did anything Pokemon related happen? Yeah. They announced like, stuff for one of the games. I think the uh, Pokemon and Go, or whatever the hell it's called. I mean, they're always like, announcing stuff for Pokemon. And it's just like, at a certain level, it just becomes a. a a din of background noise to me because mm. it's like I Pokemon's fine, but I'm not going to care about like the season pass or any of that stuff. Like, <laughs> right. Well, I guess you could argue the same thing about you and Street Fighter Five. So, jokes on me. <laughs> well, yeah, I also most of these news. The only news that matters to me is the fact that these Shin Megami Tensei games are coming out. That's the important bit. <laughs> and Gamer Girl looks slightly interesting again because you know I like. Um, Night Trap. I'm maybe one of the few people who likes Night Trap. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the thing is that I, I that was like one of the first games I thought of when I saw that thing. I'm yeah, like, wow, this is like, like a modern day Night Trap. So sure, I'm up for it. Why not? I like FMV games. So I don't know. People are. I want to. You know what? I, I don't want to get into. <laughs> people have the right to be offended. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think it's too early to judge the game. Just yeah, like I thought thing. it was too early to judge Catherine when people were judging Catherine before it was out. Just generally, don't judge things too harshly before they're out. I mean, the bad trailer is a bad trailer, but that—that that was one other thing. Is like, yeah, Gamer Girl is not out yet, you know, so you can judge. You can't really judge the trailer. I mean, the trailer may look dumb. You can but... judge the trailer. I did not think the trailer was terrible. Yeah, I can understand why people thought the trailer was terrible, but again, let's see. So those two things: Shin Megami Tensei and Gamer Girl, and then everything else can suck it. That'll be the Google SEO for this episode. <laughs> Yep, or the the pod cloud. <laughs> well, you'll be doing you'll be doing the the tags, so it's all up to you how you 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 can tag this Pokemon and disappoint people. Yeah. But, all right. Uh, until later, everyone, or until the next episode. <laughs> it will scare you, but you should be scared because it is the truth. You now have all the truths, the real truth. Act now, on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. Act now. It's our only hope for the future.